Welcome to another episode of Reptile. Say hi to the people. Hi, people. <laughs> How are you doing, my friend? I am well. I am well. It is uh, it is a Friday today, so yeah. um, I have I have my weekend. So that's yeah. always a good thing. Yeah, I've been stuck in quarantine, so it's all a weekend to me, man. Doctor Delta. <laughs> yeah, I was I was listening to uh, NPR, the holiday show, and. And they said something in there that kind of got me. It's like we're talking about uh, herp libraries and, you know, we have all these books and if we've read them, you know, and I can, I'm like, oh crap, I've been sitting in here in quarantine for 10 days watching movies and TV shows, like not reading herp books. I'm like, there's plenty of herp books down there that I could read, you know? And, you know, when I get a book, I'll read the chapters that I'm most interested in or, or kind of thumb through, but very few of them I've read front to back, you know, mm-hmm. cover to cover. So yeah, I, I brought up my reptile or snakes of Arizona, the giant <laughs> monolithic book, um, from eco. If you don't have it, I mean, what, 55 bucks. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously uh, it's ridiculously like cheap. Something and, pages. It's yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's and it's I, a I very believe, well done book. I and mean, I believe yeah. somebody somebody on the 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 holiday show called it a home defense book. Yeah, uh, that was Rob. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. spot on. So, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. huge. Yeah, it is a yeah. big book, and it, it, is, I mean, it could just take out an intruder. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I, I got into that, started reading. It's really nice. interesting. I mean, I do kind of gloss over some of the taxonomy stuff. You know, that stuff's pretty, yeah. can be a little boring sometimes, but also fairly interesting. There's some yeah. interesting ones. I, I feel yeah. you there. I've, I've got, I also have the snakes of Arizona. Uh, and then I've, mm-hmm. I picked up that, that, the, the book called fire that, uh, Oh yeah. I got or, that one too. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I literally have it next to my bed and I'm just like, I'm like, yeah. oh, I should read it. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so, I'm so tired. Like during the week, yeah. I'm like, I'm so tired. And I'm just, <laughs> I like turn on the TV for like a few minutes and I'm like, oh, I'm going to bed. I'm out. And, yeah. and I, I just don't pick up the book. And it's like, and it is crazy too. Right. Right. Like you don't want to feel like like you went from collecting snakes to just collecting books about snakes. Right. Yeah, you're, you're like, right? no, I, I read this stuff like and yeah, and, uh, you, you know, want to benefit from it, not just have it collect dust on a shelf. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you, you kind of feel like you're, you're like, well, you know experience is great and and books are great or everything and and but if you're not reading it cover to cover and you're just not in it all the time are you really taking the the gross and and you know maybe you're right dude maybe the the spot read uh, is is just fine um you know you read what what directly you know um it it, you want to get out of it and and sure you know um you know, I, I sometimes feel like- it's dangerous to get new books because I find myself like, oh, I get a, I got a book on cord, uh, uromastics, and so I had a, you know, read about a bunch of uromastics. I'm like, maybe I want to keep uromastics, but no, I, I don't want to keep uromastics. Yeah, but, you know, they're really cool. There's so many cool reptiles, so it's fun I, to learn about them. You know, I, I was a little worried about you at the super show. I thought, I, thought I know you wanted Those to keep your so cool. uromastics after that yeah, super show. I was tempted. They were, they were nice looking. <laughs> you were tempted. And, and, you went back over there like cheap. three or four times. Yeah. Like, yeah, you were. Like, I gotta go. Dude. I gotta go back over there. I gotta ask. I gotta ask yeah. him something. 
there's there's just too many cool reptiles. That's the bottom line. But oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing to have kind of that broad knowledge. Eric was talking about the uh, keeping and breeding the lizards or keeping uh, keeping and breeding Australian lizards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fantastic book. But you know, there's a lot of a lot of groups in there that I probably will never keep or that yeah. you know have a ton of interest in. So I'm not really reading those chapters covered, you know, <laughs> intensely, I might browse through them or, or check them out if I see something on a different species that I'm intrigued by. But like, I've, I've read all the Agurnia chapters and like mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the ones, the spiny tailed skinks or the Taliqua, the blue tongue skinks. And, um, you know, some of the dragons or monitors I'll read through those chapters as well. Cause those are the ones that are interesting. Yeah. Geckos, sure. lots of geckos, you know, those kind of things. There's lots of cool, cool species out there but and that makes um, sense as a human you 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 know you're interested in what you're interested in and you crave yeah. knowledge on those subjects yeah. and you mm-hmm. know and and a lot of the books like you know not to dis- disparage against them but they're they're just kind of the um field guides you know yeah they're, they're and those are those are helpful when you're yeah. yeah when you're in australia and you're trying to identify something but just to read it i mean you're not really i guess you could memorize it and be really knowledgeable about a just a little, you know, very fine, you know, mm-hmm. shallow depth about a lot of different things, but mainly it's just like a picture and a, and a range map and, you know, a kind of most of it's a dis- description of the animal. So if you're looking at it, you know, it might help to identify that animal, but you know, as far as reading through, it's, it's not the most interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Some of the field guides now have like they talk about the different habitats and stuff like that, but yeah. I like something with a little more natural history in there. Um, a little more and, and that, um, social lives of reptiles. I started reading that one. I started reading the fire book that you were talking mm-hmm. about. I, I did start reading that, but before I had the holiday show. So I guess I did start a book, but I only got like a chapter or two in, so <laughs> I didn't yeah. get that far in, but. And there's a lot yeah. of kind of introductory ideas in there. And like, I was just kind of looking through the the chapters of it and it's, it goes, you know, pretty, goes through some pretty basic ideas, yeah. Um, yeah. which is, that's which true. is good. I mean, that's it's good. You know, it's helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think a lot of these things go hand in hand with some of the podcasts. Like I listened to uh, Francis Baines on, Mm -hmm. um, I think it was animals at home network. That, that guy does a great job at his interviews and the people he brings on and the topics that they discuss. So I, and I think it was kind of, um, his show that might've, like I had the, the idea for this podcast, the fight club. And then he did a show where he had two people come on and discuss opposite sides of, an, of a topic. I'm like, Oh, that's what I want to do. And I think he only did the one. So it's like, okay, well we can still do it. But he, he had a similar idea with one of his, which yeah. was really cool to, cool to see it was on. Well, it was, It's good, good for you to kind of watch a test run, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was really a cool thing. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of good books out there. I, I really mm-hmm. like the um, stolen world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great, great book. Um, really kind of eye opening to the early, some of the early big reptile guys and the hobby. Um, lizard King was, yeah, I got one. that, that lizard yeah. King, right, 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 yeah. right handy. So yeah, I, I think a, I like stolen world a little better. Yeah. I, maybe, so I have not read stolen mm-hmm. world yet. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. So I need to, I need one. to do that. And I think it's pretty cheap. Like you yeah. can get it for not much, but I think it's more interesting to me because it kind of goes over some of the reptiles that I like, like he's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of some of the, 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 yep. The, Hank Bolt and yeah, Tom Crutchfield sh- out in the, Australia. Or, the shifty, you know, the shifty past of, of the, the things that endear us now. Yeah. yeah. There was, there was actually, uh, 
there was a, an arrangement or, or something that where I think Hank Molt was supposed to bring in some Owen Pelly pythons that were captive bred. And like at the, the end of the book, they talked about how one of the names that they used in the book was a pseudonym. And then it, it's like, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> like, mm. and they're like, and then he bred Owen Pell and pythons. I'm like, oh, there's only one guy that's bred Owen Pelly pythons up to that point. Like, right. okay, we know who that is. Unfortunately, he uh, passed away recently. I don't know if you heard. Uh, Peter no, Krause. Peter Krause passed away. I um, didn't know that. Which is a huge, you know, bummer. Yeah. That, uh, that guy was he. He had some knowledge, man. That guy was. The, the bomb, but, yeah. um, I met him a couple times. The, the first time I met him, it was at a, one of those reptile symposia that I did over in Australia. And, uh, I sat, I sat down by him and I was all excited to talk to him and I tried to engage him, man. He would not take the bait. He was like, Hey, how you doing? I'm Justin. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And then he'd turn away and like, Oh, okay. And then I, I'd ask him another question and he'd give me like a two word answer and then turn away. I'm like, okay, he doesn't want to talk to me really. But then, uh, after I'd kind of, um, I, somebody vouched for me, I think, I think <laughs> Peter Birch vouched for me because Peter Birch is pretty good friends. with Yeah. Me. And then at the next show I saw him at, we had nice discussions and, and it was, he almost reacted to me like I was an old friend, you know? So that was cool. Yeah. So he, yeah, I, I really feel bad that I didn't get a, um, you know, get to know him better, talk with him more it would have been cool to see his place in action and, yeah. um, but yeah, what a loss, uh, uh, good guy. Uh, I mean, obviously he was involved with a lot of <laughs> shady stuff with, uh, Hank Mold and things back yeah. in the day, but that was kind of how it, it almost went. I mean, there was just no other recourse, you know, how, how, I mean, how else do you do. get, yeah. how else do you get it done when exactly. you can't get it done? Yeah. That's the reason we have diamond pythons and jungle yeah. carpets. A lot of, you know, those well, and, and, and so, people, you know, I mean, but, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay. So, so there's no, there's no importation exportation here. All right. Well, you either settle for that or you do what you got to do to, to overcome that. And, yeah. you know, and, you know I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily condoning <laughs> smuggling or, you know, or nor would be involved with smuggling in any way. Um, but I'm not going to condemn somebody for just know, as a disclaimer, things. folks. Exactly. No, I mean, that's how I feel. I'm not going to, yeah. I, I, I got, you know, pulled in and searched on my trips over back and forth over to Australia. And, you know, I almost welcomed that because I could say, you know, go ahead and search me. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing. All I have is photos, you know? And yeah, I might've held some animals when I probably technically shouldn't have or whatever, you know, in the field, but we, we always let them go. We never collected them or took them anywhere or did anything with them. But that we was just, not a snake in your pocket. You were just it happy was not, to see yeah. them. They, yeah. they made sure that they checked my pockets. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I almost felt like Dwight Schrute, you know, when, when <laughs> Michael asked him if he was wearing a wire and he like drops his pants and he lifts up his shirt to show he has no wire on that. I thought about doing that. I thought that would be pretty funny, but... They didn't know. Uh, they know, didn't think that would be. <laughs> they, yeah. they didn't have very good sense of me. I actually told, I told them they were profiling me. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I know exactly why you're pulling me in here. And I'm very disappointed and offended <laughs> by this. That you think just because I like reptiles, I'm going to come and smuggle them. Thanks a lot, jerks. You know, they're like, oh, no, we, we would never profile. I'm like, oh, you just randomly picked up me and my friend 
from separate lines, you know, yeah. that, that we're on a trip to find reptiles and photograph reptiles. So anyway, that was kind of fun, but yeah, they let us go and we didn't have anything of course, and they didn't find anything. So it's, uh, I, and, and I told them, I said, look, all the things I want from Australia are already in the U S and being captive bred. So except screw you. Owen Pelley's. <laughs> except Owen Pelley's, but, you know. <laughs> and I don't have That'd those. Okay. Point. Just so we're yeah. clear. Just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a, I don't have the cash for those, but yeah. yeah, nor are they available, but yeah, some, someday we'll, we'll see. I mean, John Weigel, he found a way to get uh, Karen Otto over here and there is always a way. Yeah. yeah. There is always you a know, way. No, I, I think, he, he understands like, yeah, there's a desire for these things outside of Australia. And, and as long as there's no other legal way to get those out of the country, there's always going to be smuggling and that's damaging to the wildlife of Australia. Mm-hmm. So why not change? But I mean, but, but I mean, is it, is it, what? what is it, is, is smuggling damaging to the wildlife of Australia? <laughs> I get it coming yeah. in. I get yeah. it potentially for some things it could be, but, yeah. But I mean, has the has, has Australia ever introduced non-invasive uh, or, or invasive <laughs> right. species to try and fix something, and then they fuck it all up? Yeah. Like, well, and I, know, and I would. I, mean, I was trying to export some Stimson's pythons that I had imported from Europe back to Europe, right. and I had the paperwork that I got them into the country with that they stamped with their little stamp of approval. And then they told me, Oh, these are not legal. And I'm like, why did you stamp the paperwork? Like how, like, why did you let me get them if they're not legal? Like, I just, yeah, I'm like, I do not understand. So anyway, I, and I had gotten permits for Stimson I the year before for Eastern Stimson's and, and they, they didn't really specify Eastern or Western. It was just Stimson I, and I got it on my, you know, a permit to export. And then the following year, they're like, no, those are not legal to export and we're not going to give you. And I said, you gave me a permit last year. Oh, we have no record of that. I'm like, here it is. <laughs> this is the permit. Well, we we have no record of it. So I'm like, I don't care if you have a record of it. You gave me one and I exported them. Like, give me a break. I was just like pulling my hair out. And they said, well, we need to do an ecological study to see if it would damage the wild population. I said, how would captive bred offspring da- have any impact on the populations in Australia? I said, I saw more dead on the road than I want to export to Europe. Like, give yeah. me a break. Yeah. Like, what are you people doing? And and I just like, they said, sorry, we're not going to do it. We, could, we couldn't determine if it would be you know, how the, the, if it would have a negative impact to the populations in Australia, I said, you guys are beyond help. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just like, they make it up as they go. I mean, you know, it's just like, it's just like, like, it depends on whose desk it falls on. Cause the guy the year before gave me the permit. No question. And that's what I, that's, Uh that's kind of how I feel is like, is it, is it, you just grease the right wheel and, uh, you know, it, it, it works out. Like, I mean, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, and 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 honestly, like if that's the case, if it just takes some grease on a wheel, fucking grease the wheel and let's go. Because yeah. otherwise, it's grease stu- it, that's well. the problem. Is it's like well now where they've you know I don't agree with that paper that says everything's children's pythons, but heck, I'll, I'll just export them as children's pythons because right. technically they are right in right. the scientific literature. It's been said they're children's pythons, so they well they well no- sir, we don't recognize that 
for well, that, no, they, that they recognize particular piece of literature. Yeah, I mean, they, that, that, they, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the rule is whatever we say the rule exactly. is on whatever yeah. day we say it. Like that's yeah. and that's literally I mean, I, I, you know, I feel like I feel like I deal with some of that in my job is, mm-hmm. you know, people, federal workers like to tell people no. And it's like, yeah. You know, you go back and you try to find out why you can't do something. And you're like, there's no, there's nothing. It's just because somebody want does because somebody will have to work to, if they say yes to you and rather than say yes to you, they just give you some bullshit reason and say no. And that's yeah. pretty much yeah. what it is. So oh, we deal with that all the time with our select agent labs in the, you know, with virus, mm-hmm. our virus labs trying to, we, you know, there's some. Um, viruses and other pathogens they're listed as select agents so they have huge amounts of red tape and paperwork and you got to follow all these protocols and they come and in, in, um, inspect us every year and they always have something that oh we're doing wrong or that we mm-hmm. messed up on and and we're just like well, you know you know yeah. the best way to handle We've been those. doing this for 15 years and you know why didn't you see this 15 years ago or you, you know, just like, give them you just give them yeah. low-hanging fruit you just like yeah, give, them, yeah. give them an easy one let them write them down let them shake their exactly. finger at you walk away you know yeah. str- strutting and walk in and just move on yeah. with your life it's uh, yeah they just almost have to justify their own jobs mm-hmm. you know because it's otherwise it's exactly, cause we, we haven't had any real issues you know yeah, there's been a ex- couple things exactly. they made a very big deal of that were not in reality big deals but well and if 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 they're making Making big deals out of small things, then you're doing okay. It's when yeah. you're making big deals <laughs> yeah. out of big things that you're probably well, not doing. doing it's so funny because they're they're the you know they're it's their own. The NIH was the ones that found that vial of smallpox on the you know the lyophilized yeah. smallpox on their shelves in some random lab somewhere. They the person retired and they got to clean it out and they're like, oh, there's a vial of lyophilized smallpox on the. <laughs> Oh, okay. You know, that's, that's a good thing to just have out there, you know? Okay. Well, and then, but then that triggers like all this different, uh, you know, regulations on everybody else. Well, it's a neat politician in the hot tub with the hookers philosophy, you know, like (laughs) they mess up. So then they regulate everybody else to that standard. It's like, uh, it's your own people that are breaking the standard. Yeah. Damn, Sad, damn you, damn. damn you, hookers and hot tubs. How dare you? <laughs> it's those politicians, man. You can't blame no, the it's, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever been a politician? <laughs> uh, they'll blame it on the hookers. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, is that our show? Are we done? <laughs> We do we want to get into a, a fight or do you have anything else we need? To I just came here to chat talk about? about hot tubs and hookers. Okay. Well, that's what we should change the name of the podcast. To. Hot tubs and hookers. <laughs> Dude, we would totally uh, increase our, we, it would be, it would be a one show and done type of thing. Like they're like, what, what the, what the fuck is this? I, I, I thought I was going to get hot tubs. And, and hookers. This is reptile. What the fuck is this? That would be They're it. talking it about be, snakes. What yeah. is wrong with these? We days? would have to cut the yeah. show down to about 15 minutes and we would get high viewership <laughs> for one episode only. And for like 30 seconds yeah. until they figured yeah. out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the that's the sad thing. Well, um, let's talk. Let's fight. Let's okay. Reptile about, hooker club. Yeah. How about uh we talk about anthropomorphism? anthropomorphism so that's a fun word yeah when you what is that when you're giving 
your reptile, like thinking it's thinking in human terms. Is that kind of a good definition or, mm-hmm. or, or, or putting, putting things in human Proje- terms, that pr- projecting your human, your human needs or wants or biases on, on, or, or, or yeah, biases. Function. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Biases is yeah. fine. Maybe like for an example, like you have an, you know, a, a Python and somebody, Oh, that Python needs to exercise more because it's fat. Well, is it, you know, that's what you would say if a human was overweight, like, Oh, you need to exercise more. But as an ambush predator, <laughs> do they really need to exercise to maintain, you know, they're designed to sit still and sit in one place for days or months at a time. So do that's they really said, need though, to I exercise? Mean, but if, yeah. what if you're a fat ass snake? I mean, <laughs> then feed it less. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I don't maybe. know. Maybe exercising will get the gut, you know, yeah. The, the gut yeah. factory move. I mean, up. it's not, it doesn't need anyway. to do like 80 style jazzercise, but. Hey, we're not even fighting yet, man. What what are you attacking me? No. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying they don't jazzercise. Like I agree with yeah. you. I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, exactly. I'm on so, your side. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. So so we're gonna talk about the kind of what pros and cons of anthropomorphism, or if it's you know okay in some instances, like is is anthropomorphizing <laughs> okay sometimes, or if sure. it's always bad, or if it's you know always negative. Oh, I you heard, heard it. The, you heard, heard the coin. It. You yeah. know it's coming. All right. Yeah. Well, I will let you call it in the air and and we'll see what happens. It's tails. It's tails and it's heads. I'm sorry. God, damn. <laughs> yeah. I said, that, I, mean, you, I, said, I said like that like I own that coin. And you did. You it did. You're did very work. confident. Yeah. Ah, well. <laughs> hey, you know, you got cocky if after your win last time. So yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Okay, well, um, I'll I'll take the the uh, negative side of anthropomorphism that it's not not the best thing. (laughs) I'm going to take the the easy side, I think. But and you can take the anthropomorphism isn't that uh, bad all the time. So I'll let you go ahead and start us out, my friend. (laughs) Okay, so anthropomorphism not being a bad thing. I mean, I definitely can see a case where anthropomorphism, you know, doesn't necessarily result in anything negative. Um, You know, I think there's probably certain levels of things that, um, you know, oh, my, my snake needs me to hug it because I like hugs and therefore my snake will like hugs. Well, no, we, I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we, they we do can, like to squeeze. I mean, come on. I, I do. I do agree with that, but they usually eat it after they squeeze it. <laughs> That's, so, true. That's true. Yeah. If, if, I mean, it's I a guess love it, hate thing. It's it love depends thing. on your end goal, maybe perhaps. <laughs> um, so, so them being squeezers does not mean they like to be hugged, but, but, you know, that said, I don't think that all anthropomorphism is bad. I think, um, oh, I, you know, I like, I, I, I think my, my lizard likes to sit on my lap and watch TV with me. And maybe you're like, you know, maybe your legs warm and that's not, uh, you know, and, and it's warmer than the rest of the area around that. And the lizard is like, all right, you know, I'm not super cool with this because I don't like to be held because I'm a lizard and not a human. But 
um, you know, this is warm. I'm, I'm not being hurt. Things are okay. So maybe this is, this is okay. And, and so maybe just the idea that, that, uh, that, that animals will tolerate, uh, levels of anthropomorphism. I think, you know, anthropomorphism can be dangerous or it can be grossly benign. And so it's kind of at the level that you're doing anthropomorphism. And, and I mean, I, I, I do, I do definitely think though, like if, you know, what's the, what's the point, what's the point of keeping reptiles, right? Why do, why did, why do we keep reptiles? Cause we get something out of it, right? Us mm-hmm. as humans. So, yeah. so yeah. we get, we, if we get something out of it, like uh, now, do we always have to project everything like, like, like everything human onto our reptiles? No, but, but you know, if, having a, a a monitor that sits with us while we do something or you know oh i feed my monitor every day you know from the table cuz it, it you know it jumps up on the chair and it's fu- funny because it's like it's eating at the table with us you know that like <laughs> i think i th- i think that's fine you know what i mean that that's a that's a that's a human thing like the monitor doesn't yeah. the monitor just wants food it doesn't care if it's at the table it just is smart enough to know oh man this idiot's eating if i jump up on the table on the chair right now he'll probably give me some food because that's what he does right so well you know i i would have let it go if it was like bearded dragon but monitor i don't know i think if you've got a monitor sitting on your lap while you're watching tv it's not thinking at all because it's not at its preferred body temperature. I think one of the you know worst anthropomorphic views that we've had in regards to monitor lizards is that you know keeping them uh, you know temperatures above 150 degrees or whatever like a basking spot would kill it. I mean that was widely held. And you had a bunch of monitors that were like lap dogs, and everybody's like, oh my monitor, he's so tame. Look at my tame tame monitor, and they'd walk around shows with a croc monitor on their shoulder. Oh, he's so tame. Well, get him up to his preferred body temperature and then try to pull that crap and tell me he's tame and happy to sit on your shoulder. He's going to be clawing the crap out of you and biting your face, you know, Um, right? I mean, you get a a monitor up to their preferred body temperature and they are not going to sit still and they're not going to. Now, I'll give you this. Okay, so like in, you know, in the in in their natural habitat water monitors are very like in in some cities in Southeast Asia, they're very closely associated with human habitation. They're eating from the trash. They're eating stuff they probably wouldn't normally eat. They're giant, you know, they're, and they're, they're very used to humans walking around them and stuff. And they're not really, but they're almost like a squirrel in the park, you know? And I will say that animals were, yeah, very big squirrel. Uh, like that's an Owen squirrel right there. But oh anyway, <laughs> bigger than an Owen squirrel. Um, so is you there know, anything <laughs> bigger than an Owen squirrel? Isn't that like a a squirrel squatch? Yeah, but I but I will say like that attitude of like you know they can eat from the table or I can hold them on my lap all the time. It's probably not the best thing for the monitor, and it's not something the monitor is choosing. I think they're just going because they're cold and they can't think straight when they're cold. They can't act properly once wow. you eat a monitor are you, up are, to you a, are you are you making are you making 
Are, are you are you speaking for all monitors right now? I am. I, I will unequivocally speak. That's exactly what they are saying. Oh my god! <laughs> they are not thinking correctly. And, well, and for, first of all, first of all, hold on, yeah. because if, if it is okay, so if a mo- so if you do set, you know, you do set the monitor down on on your lap, and it's like trying to move away, and after a while, it just sits there. Okay, so it's not a, it's not going to be you know at its at its basking body temperature, but there's something between its basking body temperature and probably its resting body temperature where the sun's not out or it's not basking. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to sit at a hundred degrees, you know, or, or, you know, I, I, I get, I get that. I get what you're saying, but there's a, there's, there's in between, um, well, the, the monitors are not really an in-between. Like, that's why I said, I give you another one, but I'm not going to give you monitors because like they're not out when it's cold. Like they're out when the sun's out. They're a heliothermic animal and they well, are designed are they, are to they... run high octane at hot temperatures and like hot basking. But spots, why are they not out? When it, well, why are they not out when it's not warm? Because it's not hot enough and they okay. can't get to their preferred but, and body there's temperature no, and, there's no and they point. can't fake. And there's no point. And yeah. so it's warmer for because, them to be hidden because they're away. in danger. Yeah, they're, they're you know right. something's going to eat them. I understand them. that, but so, sitting on your lap, sitting on your lap is not danger. Yeah, unless you're true. sitting out, you know, unless you're Fair like, point. unless yeah. you're, you know, you're. But to say it's, it's snowing it's, and you got your door for, open and you're you're sitting there watching it snow with your monitor. To, yeah, but to say it's for the monitor and that that he's happy sitting there on your lap. No, he's not. That's not what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. He, he might I, tolerate it. I said it's for it's for tall. it's for you. It's for, yeah. it's for you to sit with your monitor. Yeah. The monitor tolerates it. Doesn't necessarily like it. Maybe it's not at its perfect body temperature. Yeah, I don't think it's but tolerated. When you're done, when, like you're done when, when you're done, letting it, <laughs> you put it back in its cage, and 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 it has all of its you know it, it, its proper husbandry needs met mm-hmm. it, it, it just a little doesn't hurt the monitor in the long term and, right? and i guess that and, it's, and that's it's what coming, i'm saying is is, yeah. is is as long as you're taking care of the big stuff those little types of anthropomorphic interactions or events are not you know long-term deprement de- detrimental to the reptile yeah that's a good point i mean I, I, that I, point I, on a on honest on, a, on on a group, on a genus that you just can't, you, that you, you almost just lost your mind on me over, <laughs> just making that point too. Well, and, and that's, you know, that was kind of the, the revolution that occurred with monitor keeping and breeding was back in the nineties or eighties or whatever. That's how monitors were kept. They weren't given the correct temperatures. Cause again, we thought that they would die if they had a basking spot of 150. Now we know that they actually probably require a basking spot of 150 just to function normally to get them up to their preferred body temperature. And that, that's not to say their preferred body temperature is 150 degrees Fahrenheit, but that they need, you know, need that intense heat to get to their preferred body temperature. And then they go about their, you know, whatever they need to do. Um, but before that we were keeping them with a hot, you know, a basking temperature of like 90 degrees and they weren't, they were just sitting there like a bump on a log getting fat, They'd live a long time because they were basically in cryopreservation, you know, too cold to to get old. But uh, they weren't really breeding or thriving. 
but since that time, you know, since we've figured things out a little better. See, and, but and, that's kind of weird to me, though. Like, and I'm not trying to debate like the whole monitor thing oh, right you, now. But it sounds like you are. I, no, you're, you're I just, going down, man. Well, <laughs> okay. So if 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 what we did, if what we learned um, was that they, you know, they need that that high that high 150 potentially plus access to a heat source uh like that and and anything less like 90 and and they just they they just sit there like a bump in a log get fat and live a long time all of that does not like like there sounds like there's something in between that you know what i mean like i i guess i guess the whole like not meet their needs let them get fat, but they still grow old a long time yeah. and live a long time. Like that seems a little weird to me. So maybe, sure. m- maybe, maybe there's a, a, a difference between marginal and ideal and they don't suffer, you know, gross longevity effects between marginal and ideal. Right. Like, yeah, I guess I can't necessarily say they were living long time or whatever. Like they were dying of you know liver failure or something because they were overweight, but they they weren't um, behaving like they would in the wild, right? Okay. And that's kind of thanks, I guess. Thanks for backtracking on that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. But <laughs> yeah, that's basically, what I say is we were not meeting their physiological no, needs. Uh, agree, you know, agree. Because I, I we that. thought, oh, they're they're fine. They're they're tame. They're happy. They're sitting on my lap and eating pizza from the table or whatever. What's so, wrong with pizza, dude? <laughs> for a monitor. Sorry, if I'm going to yeah. if I'm going to take the anthropomorphic side, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go all the way. <laughs> yeah. Cuz they, you know, they love wheat-based pepperonis. <laughs> they like pepperonis. And, uh, tomatoes. And yeah, they, if they just eat the sausage and pepperonis, you know, that's yeah. It's the, they love that they are meat lovers. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that attitude of like, oh, you know, I'm interpreting what he wants from how I would be behaving, you know, like, oh, he's looking at me like he wants food. That means he's hungry. No, that means he's genetically programmed to always find a meal. And if he finds one to take it because he doesn't know when the next one is coming, that's what he's thinking, you know. Well, but, okay. Okay. But, but, but at the same time, you know, if if you're a person and you're watching your monitor and you're keeping it at this 85 degree basking spot and it's just sluggish and it's not running around and it's mm-hmm. not doing things. And then for whatever reason, you warm it up and, and, and all of a sudden it starts getting active and you're like, wait a minute, you know, when I'm sluggish, it's because I'm not feeling good or I'm not, I'm not, you know. Like I'm cold and I'm, or, and it makes me like, you know, like tired or whatever. But, but you know what, when it's warmer out and I, and I can move around more, I feel better. Like maybe that's what the monitor needs. Like, aren't you anthropomorphizing when you do that? Yeah. I mean, if you do it that way, yeah, I would say. So, so not in all cases, anthropomorphism is a bad thing. Sure. Sure. But I mean, you're missing the mark to some extent because you're, you're not basing it on reality you're basing it on your perception so you might well, you might get anthropomorphism i, I is? guess it's the it's the whole you, you know i'd rather be lucky than good but you can you can I learn and, and i think that's why things change is because you're out in the wild observing one and i think a I lot would of rather be I lucky than good it. is how i live on this podcast i just want to <laughs> get that point I gotta, you're, you're not lucky at all well, <laughs> your life is horrible 
Yeah. All right. Maybe I don't even do good fighting you. I retract my no, no, statement. Your fights are much better than your coin tosses. Oh, but I, I mean, that's that's why, you know, Frank Reedy's kind of, you know, changed the, the way we think about monitors in a lot of ways, at least for me. There's probably others that figured this out, too. But, um, you know, list, I, I listen to a lot of Frank's uh, ideas and some were a little, you know, out there. But but the one that really was that, you know, they need the heat and they need to eat a lot in order to reproduce. And, and, you know, he kind of revolutionized that and, and demonstrated that they could still live a long time. But I think, you know, a lot of it was people didn't like, you know, and most of the monitors that were imported were like, you know, Nile monitors and Savannah's and, and, white yeah, you know, black they, they, throw monitors you get the things the that once you get into the temperature and they're yeah, yeah they're gonna to whip you. you and bite yeah, you and crap on you so it's like right. yeah i don't want them to be hot i want yeah. them to be this happy little lap monitor so again that anthropomorphic view was not good for the monitor and that resulted in a lot of you know untimely deaths or or just non-existence basically if you're just sitting there not doing what you were evolutionarily <laughs> program to do what's the point you know why live and you know yeah you could say well the people are getting something out of it but ultimately you know animals aren't there for us right we're trying to to help them we're trying to keep them in a way that can allow them to behave like they're supposed to behave right i would dispute your comment about and, animals and, and, are not for us i would and, and now, i would say that this whole this whole thing is all about animals being for us yeah but there's there's being for us completely and there's being for us at the benefit of the animal so what i'm saying is this was for us that was in no way benefiting the animal Right. Other than well, maybe a free I, I meal. I mean, but there's benefit to the animal, you, but, but you can but, keep somebody in prison and feed them every day. That doesn't mean they're happy about it. You know what I mean? So anyway, they're, we're, we're and, and I don't know, maybe they're not happy at all. Yeah, being in a, dude, in a why cage, are you man. making judgments about who? <laughs> That's an anthropomorphism. Yeah. It's, it's hard to escape, right? There's but, been, institutionalism is a thing. But no, I do and think I'm not there's saying that jails. Like yeah. fun. I'm not saying yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a, that. there's a, um, I, I, you know, I guess uh, Kevin McCurley is probably one of the better examples of this with monitors nowadays is how he's socializing monitors, you know, and has a lot of YouTube videos on that showing how he, how he does it. And a lot of people are saying, Oh, these monitors I got from Kevin are pretty easy going. They let me handle them. They don't crap and bite and scratch or whatever. They're, they're a lot more tolerant of me or they'll come and climb up my arm and sit on my shoulder and things like that, you know? So I do think that it's possible to have a, a good middle ground where the animal's not freaked out every second thinking, you know, oh, this guy's going to eat me or whatever. And, and they're also kept at appropriate temperatures and, and, you know, their natural history requirements are met. Um, and I think that's, that's a, you know, a line that we're shooting for. Right. Where sure. we get in, we, we get enjoyment out of it, but the animal also does. Now you can keep reptiles like you keep fish where you don't interact with them other than to observe them or watch them. And you, but I mean, you just want a slice of Australia in your, in your living room, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I mean that I think and you can I, get enjoyment from that. I think it, that, that example you gave about Kevin McCurley, you know, basically working with his captive bred monitors to make them more social. Um, mm -hmm. one, yeah, absolutely. That's that's like that's kind of a thing. And I, I, I think, you know, to the degree of like how social are monitors, like some are pretty social, some are not so social, right? 
Um, Define social. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I, I would say like, like Aki's do fairly well in groups, right? They they mm-hmm. do much better. Whereas like, I don't. Do, do Parentes hang out in group? Like Komodos yeah. tend to kind of hang out in groups a little bit. So I would say like some animals are or some monitors are a little more social than others. Well, are Komodos they hang out in groups. Um, when, you know when like, there's a yeah when they're killing, when they're killing. Stuff. But if, yeah, if yeah. they're just cruising around they they'll eat their own species you know they'll right. eat juveniles of their own whatever they can fit hey co-op to grow up so, dude, so you know, parentes yeah. you know that yeah kind of sure 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 yeah. but but i guess my point my point yeah. being that you know so you're you're kind of anthropomorphizing a little bit to say like all right i want this monitor to be social with me crawl up my arm hang out on my shoulder or do do look at me my monitor likes me hangs out with me and you're using you know you're using training techniques or you're using socialization techniques in order to uh, kind of structure anthropomorphism um, and, 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 you know, maybe we're bending the definition of what anthropomorphism is no, then you're, you're a right. little bit, yeah. but, yeah. but, you know, I mean, I just, I generally think most people when they think, or when you talk about anthropomorphism, take it as a, a net negative thing. It's mm-hmm. something that you do that is entirely human that works against the animal. And I, I, you know, I think trying to argue for anthropomorphism you know i obviously you can see the argument i'm trying to make yeah but but in the context of the word anthropomorphism it's generally always a net negative mm-hmm. because it's because it's anthropomorphism it, it you know anthropomorphism would be a positive you know it, it, it the 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 definition of anthropomorphism almost leads you to a negative no matter what right so yeah. i don't I, I i think i think you can totally find great examples of of you know negative anthropomorphism uh, you know in the plentiful oh yeah let's let's talk about dressing up our reptiles to wear a top hat or or a mustache or something let's yeah. boop uh, the snoot yeah yeah you, i mean that just just leaves a bad and, and taste that, you in know i can't i'm and, and <laughs> you know man like honestly so what like i yeah. mean does your snake does your okay does your snake like it no but does your snake benefit from being captive bred and born and living without predation and having clean food source and being well taken care of? And yes, the motherfucker may have to wear a hat once in a while and get its, it's, (laughs) it's snoop booped, you know, uh, uh, look, Owen will have his pound of flesh. He'll be rolling in his grave. No, he doesn't listen to other podcasts. He only listens to his own voice. Yeah. The soothing sounds of Owen. <laughs> sounds of Owen Mackin. That I feel like that's like a slow jazz album in the making right there. The smooth, slow sounds of Owen Mackin. <laughs> but but I, I just I don't you know I mean I get it like yeah. when we see it as as people who take ourselves probably too seriously in reptiles we're like that is the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. Who does that? The, the, the animal obviously doesn't like that. Well, okay, but. Why, why do we keep snakes? Because we like snakes. And if we can make uh, a snake look cute and, and people laugh, oh, ha, 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 that Tic Tac's so funny. He's got a hat on. Ha, ha, ha. Look, mm-hmm. somebody drew arms on him. Ha, ha, ha. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, so what? I mean, yeah. you know, we hate it. It but might, might make them look less like a monster to some people that, 
absolutely think snakes are monsters, you know, and then they right. see a, a hog nose in a top hat and they're like, well, maybe they are kind of cute. Maybe they're maybe like, maybe look they're, at that stupid maybe looking are monster. Some redeeming qualities. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look at that cute little horrible thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kill it. Kill it now. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I, I appreciate that, uh, that view and I'll, I'll, I'll give you points for that one. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, all anthropomorphisms aren't necessarily harmful. And, yeah. and I think that's the, you know, that's where we need to figure out where the line is and, and draw that line. And I, and I think the monitor thing is a, a great example of that, where we determine that, okay, this is not working for the monitors. They're not behaving like they would in the wild. What do we need to change to get them to behave that way? And then we go, okay, now that they're behaving that way, who wants to keep them? You know, right. like, wow. And so then they need to maybe adjust for other things like, okay, we need to make them social or we need to make them so they're not wanting to kill us every time they see us. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that's anthropomorphism because like I said, you know, the example of the Southeast Asian water monitors, they're, they're used to human inner, you know, presence and people walking mm -hmm. around in the parks and they're not like, going out and tail whipping well, them and I mean, inviting I do kind of think there but is some anthropomorphism there, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, but I mean like, okay, so you want your monitor to interact with you, right? Mm -hmm. And and you had this wild caught water, you know, uh, a Nile monitor, right? And when it's cool, it's fine and it interacts with you, right? So you're like, oh, that's what I want. So keep it cool. Got it, right? Where, versus you warm it up and you're like, holy shit, this thing is scary and it wants to kill me. And you get work with it. You're like, okay, maybe I get a captive bred one that has been worked with. And it's now, now it's socialized and it's not trying to kill me, even though it's now it's being so, so, so in the instance where uh, anthropomorphism can be bad, but if, if the, the issues around why you're you're directing the anthropomorphism are corrected and you implement new things like like you know socialization techniques and things like that all of a sudden the anthropomorphism isn't necessarily bad yeah from as long as it's not damaging to the animal yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so 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 you can see an instance where anthropomorphism Oh my God. Anthropomorphism, definitely bad. Keeping an, an animal at suboptimum temperatures because when they warm up to their, to their preferred body temperature, they're like murder, death, kill. Right. Mm -hmm. and versus, you know, um, socializing and acclimating them and, you know, breeding them in captivity and down the road, you know, you get something that is a far cry from, from, you know, that wild. Yeah, but I mean, you're not you're not letting the anthropomorphism dominate your, your reason and, and you know, the mm. methods for your madness, right? You're I don't saying, know. No, no, listen out. So all right, you, all right. you, you got, you're, you're observing them in the wild and saying, this doesn't match what I'm seeing in the wild. And so you say something's off, you know, these guys aren't living long. They're getting fat. These things I see in the wild, they're not fat. They're, they're sleek and they're, and so, you know, and then, and then you're saying, okay, well, when I grab, you know, when I try to handle the monitor, um, he rips me apart. Well, how are you grabbing? The I mean, are you grabbing it by the neck and the tail and lifting it? You know, of course it's going to, you know, freak out. If that, what right. would you do if somebody tried to pick you up like that? You know, but I, it you depends can, on how big they are. <laughs> if they're really big, they may be able to just do it. And I can't do a whole lot about yeah, it. Yeah, you could do it, but you're not going to be happy about it. No, you're definitely gonna, not. You, I, I would, I guarantee you're going to crap on them. That's, you know, the, <laughs> and so, you know, you, I, I you, don't have clear, you have clearly pinned my tactic I down. Have, Thank I you. have just. 
yes. visualize this many yes. times. Like yes. if somebody grabbed Shaq, I guarantee. No. Projectile, um, but, projectile <laughs> pooping. That is my and so, that is my know, secret weapon. Maybe also observing him in the wild. You you might get an interaction with a monitor if you're feeding him in a park or something. You know, people do that and they come right up to you. Sometimes they're a little aggressive, like give me food, you know, and they're climbing up your leg or something. And and if you don't, are we have talking food, about gonna, people in the park or are we talking we're about, talking monitors? about monitors? Okay, in the park, all right. So, yeah. I was like, damn, I don't go to your park, bro. That <laughs> <Yeah>. sounds aggressive. <laughs> I mean, you you might get some aggressive people uh, asking for uh, food some places, but. Um, so these monitors are, are used to people and they're not, they, they see them as a, a food source. And if they, yeah. and same, same with like monkeys or something, you know, if the monkeys can startle a tourist, they can usually get away with grabbing like they're, you know, they're, they're holding some food. The monkeys will grab it and run away with it. And the people are like, Whoa. So sometimes they're, you know, they can, humans can get outsmarted by the animals. The animals can think and, and reason. And so I think as long as we can, um, understand that, okay, according to their natural history, if they're up to temperature, if I grab him by the neck and the tail, he's probably not going to be happy about that. But if I feed him, he sees me as, and I put my hand under him instead of on, you know, grabbing down on him, maybe he'll let me pick him up. And if I do that over and over and he sees, okay, this is not a threat to me, I'm not being hurt. Then, you know, then you're, you're working with the natural history of the animal and you're fulfilling your anthropomorphic need to interact with the animal, but you're not letting it um, be guided by anthropomorphism. You're letting it be guided by the natural history of the animal. And so, you know, I think that's kind of more of the way we solve these issues and, and how we have these anthropomorphic interactions is through, you know, understanding the animals in a more natural history base. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. I just, I just had this image of a monitor being like, whoa, 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 this is not <laughs> how you handle me. Uh, will you just please <laughs> tickle my chin you, first? Will, and then, <laughs> Will you please just Take care, least, take care and, and exercise my natural history. <laughs> at least buy a, at least buy a, at least buy me a meal before you pick me up, buddy. Come on. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah I, no, no, now no. Now you're I, anthropomorphizing I, for sure. Come on. <laughs> so no, I, I, yeah, I hear that. I guess I hear that. I, I mean, I, I'm trying and, to think, you know, other damaging, you know, I, I think the big one is that overfeeding thing when you're thinking, oh, he's hungry. Look at him. Look at me. He with those puppy dog eyes, he really wants to eat. Well, if you've like you're you walk in, if you have a green tree python, they're always looking at you like that. And in the yeah. wild, they probably eat maybe once a month or twice a month, but they're always looking for food and they climb up and down a tree every day to to find food. And then when they do find food, if they get a meal they disappear for several days, you know, and they don't come back up and down. And so they're, you know, you might get that in captivity, but if we're keeping them really hot and, you know, that's kind of the things, you know, you, Oh, I, I want my animal to get big so it can make eggs for me. That's, I think that's a damaging anthropomorphic view of it's here for me. You know, it's here to make me money or to make me babies or whatever, you know, and, and that can be a damaging view uh anthropomorphic as well so so would you say that reptile breeders are highly anthropomorphic oh oh my goodness no i think anytime you're you're equating something with money <laughs> that's a that's definitely a human view animals aren't there going how am i gonna make more money how am i gonna how am i gonna pay the bills oh man i i'm i'm worried about this month i'm just coming up short 
<laughs> I told you this was going to turn into reptile hooker fight club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, the hookers are expensive these days. I gotta, I gotta make some cash. Yeah. And you know, they're they, those, uh, rock out crops, you know, they're not cheap. They're not cheap. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Cheap. Well, so yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that, uh, I don't know what I think anymore. No, I, I, I oh, mean, come I, on, Charlie. Oh, come I, on. I, I know. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, I think, I just, I think that, you know, it, it, there's, there's, there's so many examples, I think, of, I mean, I think you can look at, um, you know, when animals, like we try to feed them that they, they're, they're not trying to feed, they're stressed out. And, and what do we do? Oh, let's got to throw this at it. Try this, do this, do that, do that. Rather than like, Oh, the animal's not eating. Cause it's fucking stressed out. Like, or mm-hmm. maybe it's sick or maybe it's so, you know, I, I definitely think there's, you know, there's, there's multiple, multiple ways that we anthropomorphize that are, you know, are, are, deleterious to the longevity and life of reptiles but i don't i don't necessarily think that all anthropomorphism is is you know detrimental uh in the long run Um, well and to your point i mean we we have to use our brains to figure out some things And, and we can definitely make you know miscall natural history. We can definitely mm-hmm. miscall what an animal needs based on what we think it needs, you know, based on what we interpret its natural history to be. So, you know, it's, it's really hard to get away. I guess if you consider that anthropomorphism, because you're looking at it from how you would expect it to work, even though if, if it's completely off base, but you know, we, but we I don't think that's, I don't think that's, our, I don't think that's anthropomorphism though. If you were looking at it from how you think it would work for you, that's anthropomorphism. Well, yeah. I mean, right? I mean, because it's we're, about we're, projecting you. Why are you into interpreting the it that way? You know, it's yeah. probably because that's how you would think if you were in the situation. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know what an animal thinks. And so are you, are we thinking along their wavelength? Are we thinking along our own wavelength? Of course, we're thinking along our own wavelength because it's the only Always. wavelength we can think along. Right. Um, yeah. Except for maybe. Unless you, know, you can get know. right on down to that. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think Frank was, he, he's more, he he thinks better as an animal i think in some ways than a human yeah his human skills are a little little uh lacking maybe you could say but you know there's he's got a lot of enemies but uh, anyway that's uh that's the trick i guess is to interpret natural history we should just call them non-friends <laughs> that's a much yeah. much lighter way to say it that's a very anthropomorphic view i i think that's... you need to look at the natural history of <laughs> um you just need to respect my natural history yeah uh, i guess overall if you're if you're guiding your what you're trying to do with your animals and you know i, I don't know i think there's a lot of different ways to to look at it. You know, mm-hmm. we could say if you're, if you have to handle the animals all the time, that's maybe an anthropomorphic, you know, objective and that's maybe deleterious to the animals. And for some animals it might be, for others it might not be. My, my cousins had a, a veiled chameleon that was very used to handling, you know, and it would mm-hmm. just sit and, you know, sit in their living room and eat and be happy and, from from what you could tell it was a very well fed it seemed you know, it seemed happy 
seemed seemed it had a big smile on his face. You know? There you go. There you go. It's it's very difficult to not anthropomorphize things, right? But I you mean, know, you it, were it your best to, frame of reference, right? Yeah, like, it did. It didn't try and try and bite him all the time. It didn't, yeah. you know, try to get away all the time. It just kind of sat there. And maybe it was, you know, I don't know, overwhelmed or the cortical steroid levels were so high that it couldn't even function. But you know, it lived it was, quite. A, it, it lived a lot it was longer just than I. Paralyzed with fear yeah. the entire yeah. time. Because ah! I mean, they said, "Hey, we got this failed chameleon. What should we do?" And I'm like, oh, we're handling it all the time. And I'm like don't handle it so much. Like I'm trying to give them, you know, the, what I think like, they should be doing. Whatever your natural and, instinct yeah. is, don't do that. Exactly. Chameleons are not the, 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 the yeah. touchy feely pets or whatever, but this one lived longer than I thought it, you know, a, a male veiled chameleon should have lived, you know, lived five, six, seven years or whatever. And I'm like, that's, that's not bad, you know? And, and it seemed, yeah, they, they were fulfilled with its life and it seemed to have a long and, and relatively reasonable life. And, they paid a lot of attention to it. And so, you know, is it the animal adapting to, to our needs? Maybe sometimes, you know? Sure. Yeah. But was it kept probably the, the best way to meet its natural history needs? Probably not. And, yeah. and is in, are any of us keeping our animals the best way to meet their natural history needs? You're probably damn right not. I am. Oh, <laughs> you wait. might be. Chuck, yeah. But no, I don't know. Me I, and the rest of us, you know, yeah. we're, we'll, we'll, we'll aspire to Chuck level at some point but no i mean you're you're we, we do the best we can right sure and, and in some cases we don't do the best we can in some cases sometimes we're just, the best we can <laughs> sucks sometimes we're just trying to shove them in the small box as possible and get as much money out of each animal as possible and, and i mean you know that's the unfortunate side of things i guess sometimes but, shoving them in the smallest box possible is what is the best thing for them because they're yeah. so flipped out by like so i mean it's like I, I don't know, man. It's it, it is a tough it is a tough thing, and and I yeah. I Hit the I, abs- I absolutely think we anthropomorphize stuff, and and ke- the the whole keeping of animals is is for us. Yeah. It's for you know. Otherwise, it's, it's anthropomorphic. like yeah, yeah, it is. It's very human centric, and so you know. Mm, the is way it anthropocentric we, or is it anthrop- anthropomorphic? Well, yeah. it's both. It's both. It's both. <laughs> yeah. So it's anthrocentric because that's what we that's what we desire. <laughs> but it's anthropomorphic because we elicit certain behaviors that we need because we keep those animals. Like I mm. want to feel like this animal recognizes me or wants to hang out with me or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 it's to be honest with you. Same- feels out of the relationship that we are you know sure it's happy and and i'm happy so we're and and if 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 we're keeping animals why are we keeping them because we get some anthropomorphic something out of it Hmm. like if you just got nothing out of it why would you keep them yeah well yeah i mean a lot of times you don't get a lot out of like a python. They don't do a lot, you know, so they'll crawl but around. You, but, time but, time, but, but you, you, but if you're, yeah, you want something like that in your, in your life because you like to watch it and it behaves differently than you. And that's, you know, your desire to kind of, um, you know, have something that's different from yourself and, and that you can behave, so, you know, watch something, uh, live its life that is so different from yours. That's yeah. all your want, all your need, all, all you, that's all you. Does but the I snake did, want that? Yeah. No, the snake does not need that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so, yeah. and I get it. It's not a, it's not like, 
I get that's yeah, a little bit of a bendy. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's a little bendy, but you saying. get you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Um. And 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 so, I I I I guess where I'm kind of going, if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do my wrap up, uh, is that you know I think that that anthropomorphism does jump into even the keeping the breeding the everything that we do in uh, at, with reptiles it's when it's when we fail to engage with the animals in 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 an articulate way that we understand that there's that that these animals are different than us they biologically are different from us their needs are different from ours and when we it, you know when we elicit our own needs like how we exist as humans on them it's not a good outcome we need to I- engage in in the needs that they have and keep them like 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 you keep uh, uh something uh, you know like the example i gave of the monitor where you you know you you correct you correct the husbandry and then all of a sudden the thing is much more lively and then you teach it to to be a little more social and that allows you to interact with it then you can have uh, a a non-detrimental anthropomorphism right it's you know you're 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 yes it's not what the animal wants but it's being kept as a pet like and it's Mm -hmm. it is getting some benefits from being with humans um from a predator predation from a, a a longevity of care you know things mm-hmm. like that um yeah so yeah cool well i gotta go my geckos if i don't give them their snuggles at night they just can't get to sleep so <laughs> come on give it up that was good that, that was, was great that, that was, was great <laughs> that was great you know what don't force me <laughs> to laugh at your human jokes <laughs> yeah that was definitely an anthropomorphic joke yes you yes know, the lizard yes. just don't get it i tell them you know all the time they yeah because all my geckos look laugh. at me like oh shit is this motherfucker gonna try and come in this cage because i'm <laughs> running for it i'm out of here Mine are always like food, food. Are you yeah. gonna feed? I have, me? I have, I have one male. I have one male uh, grandis that like will just sit there, and I can go in there and I can pet him, and like I can mm-hmm. even try to pick him. Does not, does not care. Yeah. Every single other gecko I have is like, fuck this, we're out of here, and yeah. they'll they'll bolt, man. And then that's another. Th- I mean, it may be an anthropomorphism, but we, um, you know, there's individual attitudes and individuals mm-hmm. definitely you know? yeah definitely. and that's you know evolutionarily beneficial if you have sure. different well, <laughs> different and, ways and, and, of doing things and it kind of goes ways to might like be more beneficial and it kind of goes to the idea that you know maybe not all anthropomorphism is bad because some animals tolerate that anthropomorphic whatever way better than others because they're there are they are individuals right yeah. so I, I guarantee you know, there's probably some water monitors out there that are like i'm not getting around people i'm out of here you know yeah, there's too many people sure. and they clear yep. out and go live in a primary forest somewhere where human hand hasn't touched it you know if there is such a place anymore but you know they're they're out of there so mm-hmm. yeah for sure oh man i i remember um on in singapore i got to go to the singapore zoo when i was at mm-hmm. a work you know, a virus conference in Singapore. And, uh, by the way, that zoo is freaking awesome. It's one of the coolest zoos I've ever been to, but, um, I was, I was asking if there were, you know, one of the zoo workers, I asked him if there were any 
monitors that were wild on, you know, on the zoo grounds. And they're like, I'll go check down by the botanical garden. So I go down the botanical gardens and there's like a couple, um, spitting cobras like under this rock and nice. i'm like kind of going sideways to try to get closer to get some pictures of them you know one was in shed and it kind of stuck its head out and stayed out for a picture or two but the other one was like gone you know it was on the other mm-hmm. side of the same rock so i'm walking i'm like holy crap that's so cool to see wild cobras you know I, that was the first wild cobras i'd seen and then i go over and and then it and spit in your face <laughs> i no. wish I, I was trying to like you were trying so to cool. elicit your <laughs> yeah you're like, <laughs> like I said, I was moving sideways. So Show my eyes me your natural really like, behavior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted it to come out and at least hood up or Put something, up and, you know, yeah. but it was yeah. like freaked out and sketched out and took off. But, um, you're, and then you're, I, you're an ugly dude, man. You probably I, yeah, scared the hell out of it. No, I, I see this, uh, monitor across the way. So I go run over there. It's a clouded monitor. Uh, and so I start following in it and taking pictures of it and stuff. And it runs up a tree and scares like a flying lizard, a Draco. Yeah. Like, that jumps and glides to the next tree over. I'm like, holy crap, this place is so cool. <laughs> I run over and I, I'm taking pictures of this, get, you know, this uh, Draco lizard. And it starts running up the tree. And there's another Draco up above it. And they start like doing this little combat, you know, flaring their guller folds yeah. and like, you know, stretching their wings out to look tough to the other one. And the one chases the other one off. And then I hear this big crashing in the undergrowth and there's a bigger monitor like running up this like, um, culvert, like this, uh, you know, uh, waterway that's like, uh, um, cement waterway. And so I go chasing after it and I jump down and it's like whipping me and like getting mud all over me. And I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was pretty, pretty sweet. So that was a, that was a neat place. And to, then the zookeeper came over and was like, sir, you what need are to you get out of doing? The <laughs> <laughs> well, these are all wild on the you ground. You don't work cool. here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the, a lot of the uh, exhibits were actually like open, like yeah, the animals completely accessible. Yeah, like you could just you could touch the animals. Like I was, That's I was in crazy. this uh, big, um, like arboreal arboreum or what, whatever you call them, the buildings where they have trees and stuff inside. And they had a bunch of uh, lemurs just running around And like, I was sitting down on some stairs, taking pictures of like some fruit bats that were flying around. And these lemurs ran by and like one bounced off of me and like kept going. I'm like, holy crap, this is a cool zoo. You know, like they, they if this was the U.S., they'd have so many lawsuits. on. No, the and that's, on, that's exactly yeah. what I was just thinking is like, uh, do, do, do the. Do, do the people there they just like let the animal they're, they're not trying to like like you know you see the the youtube video of the lady who walks up to the buffalo in like oh, uh yeah. in, in in like yosemite and like gets uh, fucking ran over by the thing like what were you thinking <laughs> yeah how did you think that was gonna uh, end that's like, what was that lady that got the the buffalo caught her belt on its horn yeah, and flips like, her, yeah. yeah she's <laughs> running her dragged off pantsless in the <laughs> Buffalo runs away with her pants on its horn. Like, oh my gosh. People so are lucky. Stupid. She's yeah. lucky. Yeah, because she lost they're anthropomorphizing. Yeah. Like, it can be dangerous to be anthropomorphic. <laughs> like, well done, to, Justin. Well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He wants me to cuddle with him. He's a cuddly but you weren't you weren't you weren't anthropomorphizing. You were just trying to you were just trying to get some pictures. Oh yeah. I was just I was just chasing a lizard, a big old lizard, the biggest lizard I'd seen. I think that was my first wild varanid was in That's Singapore. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Not to be your stoked. last. 
No, no, no. I've seen, I've seen a few. Yeah. yeah. I've, I'm trying to think of, I, I can't remember my count, but I was making my way through the Australian Varanids. Have quite a few of those. You haven't had a chance to grab a Parenti by the tail and the neck? I have. Have you? But I didn't, I didn't take that opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I just sat and took pictures of the thing, you know, and probably a good call. Yeah. We did pick up a, although a big, I wish I, I wish I could have, if you would have, I would have loved to hear the story. Of that no, thing. no, we, we picked up a big Panoptes, man. That was like, so yeah, uh, we, we, uh, we were driving along a road in Western Australia and I went to pass a, a semi, <laughs> this road train, and it had like three freaking trailers on it. And it just kept going and going. And so I'm in the middle of passing this thing and, and I've got Steve and Mike in the car and, and all of a sudden there's a road train headed right for yeah, us and I don't have time to make it. So I'm like, Oh crap. And so I pulled off onto the shoulder, which is, you know, feels like the right shoulder to pull off to if you're driving yeah. in America, yeah. even though you're on, you're on the other side of the road, passing a road train. And Steve and Mike are like looking at me like, dude, you almost killed us. Like you almost <laughs> died in the middle of Western Australia. And so not sure, you know, not that long after, I think we might've even seen it after we pulled off, but there was this big old Panoptes uh, monitor walking along the road. And uh, so we jump out and chase it and it, it like takes off and we're all, you know, running after this thing, just giggling like little kids, you know, and we, we catch up to it. And like Steve, it, it kind of goes into this brush and Steve's like, um, Steve grabs it by the tail and I'm like, he's like, grab it, grab it behind the neck. I'm like, you grab it behind the neck. This thing is huge. Like it's going to take my arm off. And I'm like, okay, one, two. And I, you know, I grabbed it by the neck and it was not happy. It was no. like trying to bite me and, you know, very, very unhappy. Yeah. And it was a boy. It let us know. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Uh, everting and you know crapping on us and stuff but you know we took turns getting our wanker shots and then they we let him go and after we let him go like he tripod you know stood yeah. up on his hind legs and was like mouth open and man that thing had muscles like oh my gosh like a bodybuilder they were huge just ripped lizard you know so there's an anthropomorphism yeah. but um yeah that was yeah I, <laughs> there's been a couple instances of that where it's like Okay, grab it. Was that the first? Was that the first you time you it. almost killed Steve in Australia? I know there was yeah, more than one that was time the first that Steve time. almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, the second right. time was a little later. But yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, we'll have to tell that story sometime. <laughs> yeah, that oh, is good. Yeah, Both stories are good. I like that. I, yeah, I, uh, there's just some. I mean, yeah, we we get a lot of it, it's a it's seeing animals in the wild. Is, there's just nothing. Oh yeah, that. for it's sure. It's really cool. And yeah. we try to approximate that in our cages and stuff, but no, know, it's not the same thing. No, yeah. No. And to watch that thing run off, you know, after we'd interacted and there was another one. So on a separate trip, when I went with Heidi, my wife, um, we were in, uh, just a little further South from where that happened. Um, and we saw a big Panoptes walking along and, and we actually, I saw it on the side of the road and I'm like, that was a huge monitor. And so we turn around the car and go back and I, it was gone. I couldn't see it. I'm like, Oh, I swear he was right here. Like, where did he go? And so we kind of pulled off the road and just watched and just waited. Cause we were waiting for the sun to go down to go yeah. open or whatever. And, and I'm like, what else do we got to do? Let's, let's watch this monitor lizard, you know? So we, so we pull back a little bit and sure enough, he comes out from under this bush and, and he's going 
ch- chowing <laughs> on this DOR kangaroo, you know, on the side of the road. And so we kind of pull up a little slower and he, I guess he thought we weren't a big threat. So he just sat there chewing on this kangaroo, but he did definitely hold still. And yeah. they're very like, even when you know where they are and you're looking right at them, they're hard to see, you know, mm-hmm. in their natural, natural habitat. And so we just sat there and watched him for a bit. And then I got out of the car and I'm following him around, you know, taking pictures and stuff. And he kind of hissed up a little, kind of stood up a little, you know, like looking all tough. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, they can be intimidating. Those oh, big for motors, sure. Man. Oh, They're, for sure. Yeah. The other that's- one was uh, when we were with Peter Birch in, in his home, you know, his, where he lives. And we we're, um, we saw this Nick and Nick and I, and uh, Peter, uh, we were walking uh, around and saw this huge lace monitor. It was a nice. big, big old lace monitor. And, uh, and we get, we're getting, you know, it's letting us get pretty close to it. It didn't see us as a threat at all. It's like, yeah, like, come on in, come yeah. on over so here. Like come right on. next to it. And, and it's just kind of like giving you that side eye, you know, like mm-hmm. I see you, you better like, not are mess you with me. Stupid? Like, what are, are you, you doing dumb? right yeah. now? Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so Peter's like, grab it, grab it. I'm like, no, I'm not no. Gonna grab like no. I don't, I don't want to go to the hospital. I want to yeah. hurt, you know. I want to yeah. want to be on this trip and and so he he went over. He's like, oh, do I have to do everything? He, <laughs> he, he picked it up, and so then the wanker shots weren't as cool. But then later on, on I think it was even on a different trip. Yeah, it was with Steve and Mike. We went up. We went to Peter's house before we went to Western Australia, and we saw some uh, lace monitors and there was one, he grabbed it by the tail. He's like, okay, grab it. And I'm like, okay, time to redeem myself. So I grabbed it and by the neck and got, it was a little smaller than the other one, but yeah, what do you do? So that was pretty well, fun. But I, frankly, I prefer just to follow him around, you yeah. know, like watch him. There was one in, um, nor- Northern Queensland, a lace monitor, just beautiful. It was really dark black and just really had a nice pattern. And I just, I just followed that thing around as long as it would let me, you know, and taking pictures and video and stuff. And, and after it's had, it had enough, it just kind of ducked out. And I left my kids, <laughs> like I had three of my kids and I took off following this monitor. I'm like, <laughs> I'll be right back. And I, I followed it At like 45 minutes later. I show up. They're like, where <laughs> have you been? We've been sitting here in the jungle for 45 minutes. Wondering if you're dead or whatever. I'm like, sorry guys. I really wanted to see that lizard. it's kind of funny that is funny i do like to chase around monitor lizards but what do you do that's fair that's fair i just want to say that when they're colder (laughs) it's easier it is it's much Mm -hmm. well now they're in a burrow yeah (laughs) well when it's colder fair enough (laughs) yeah fair enough right well good discussion my friend yeah we covered it all you have anything else to add are we good to go no i think we're good to go all right. Well, um, we'll have a few more shows before the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, it'll be nice to have a little Christmas break. I guess I just had a COVID break. So that was, yeah, nice. you, that was a lot had, of fun. But. Yeah. <laughs> but you got good plans. But for did Christmas. you die? Did you die? I no. did not die. I did not go to the hospital. I, I attribute that to vaccination, but that's, that's just my humble expert opinion yeah. as a virologist. <laughs> uh, what do you, what do you got going for uh, Christmas? Are you going anywhere? Are you sticking? Around? Uh, nope, we're stick, sticking around. Um, yeah. yeah, just um, probably not too much. I I I feel like uh, I got geckos that are probably going to be Christmas geckos getting born. I I had a a standing eye uh, day gecko yeah. uh, that cool. that hatched 
today. So nice. I've got the, another nice. one from that egg. There was two eggs and then yeah. there's, there's two more behind that. And then there's two more behind that. So <laughs> I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a standing eye Christmas. That would nice. be, that would be That's awesome. Cool. I, I, yeah. So I've, I've pretty much, I've gotten they lay their clutches that close to each other. Uh, so I have multiple, I have multiple females. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, yeah. Do they, yeah. do they do the month thing or like every so, 30 days or? I, no, definitely no. not. Um, I guess each type has different, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. So, uh, you know, from talking to other people, you know, people get like maybe two, maybe four eggs a year, but I mean, I've read that they'll lay up to like 12 eggs a season a year. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, I, I mean, I feel like maybe there's something that we're missing. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe I'm missing or, or maybe, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I, it would be interesting to talk to people who have had, you know, prolific success with standing eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were, uh, cruising around with Peter Birch and, and found like this, uh, like cache of gecko eggs, <laughs> like yeah. lifted up a slab of rock and there were like 60 eggs under this slab wow. of rock. Like must have been the right place to lay your eggs for yeah. a gecko. It was pretty cool. Yep. Um, and there were a lot of the uh, what were they oedura um, reticula uh, some some little oedura. They were kind of a smaller velvet gecko, yeah. but kind of cool. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, you know, once they once they kind of find that spot that works, that they they'll mm-hmm. go back there religiously. So yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, give them a give them a good spot. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what they need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I got a bunch of new uh eggs from my um Leptodactylus lubricus, the, mm, nice. the morning geckos. Yeah. So I got a I don't even know if I'm saying the scientific name right, but well anyway, I, yeah, that was I'll sick nipper on you to yeah. I'll tune you to tune you. Yeah. Niche. <laughs> I did hear him use that on the holiday yeah. show. Was, oh, he 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 got he pretty much got it. Yeah. He yeah. uh but he he he. No, no, much... it was on the it was on the THP podcast. I was going to say because I didn't hear him. I didn't. No, I don't hear think him. it was on the holiday show. Yeah, he didn't. Which if that. you haven't listened to the holiday show, listen to that. It, it and also good. the THP episode. I think yep. we already said that, but yeah, listen to that. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. Lots of good stuff out there. Lots of good content. But the holiday show is fun. It's always fun. We, I mean, we our podcast is the third most listened to podcast on the NPR network. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Thanks, you guys, for uh, yep. putting us close to the top. We got to take over that darn Australian. That's tough, podcast. man. That's We're tough. coming for you guys. We're coming. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's well, a good podcast. I, yeah, I, 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 I've given them and, plenty and, of listen. And Loafman's <laughs> coming for us all, so. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I just got a low battery warning, and I don't have oh, charge it down here. So we better wrap this up before it wraps up for me. So, yeah. Good discussion, my friend. All right. We will be back soon for another episode of Reptile Fight Club. We we appreciate you listening and uh, check us out next week. Anthropomorphize on. (laughs) Fight Club.